My name is Catherine Porter. I'm a columnist at the Toronto Star. I got a call from my editor saying, look at the obits today. It was Valentine's Day, and there, number 19 out of 56, was Sheila Gordon's obituary, and something about it stopped me. So we spent the day trying to track her loved ones down. It was a very shocking phone call. But the funny thing was I immediately felt like, well, of course, if you were ever going to look for a random person to write about, she's the one. The expression I used at the time was uh, how stupid perfect, because you've somehow stumbled across a person that should be recognized. I met Sheila Gordon at her funeral. She was soap and water beautiful, vital. I could feel her spirit tripping over a purse in the funeral hall and then laughing from the floor. She was both alone and crowded by love. In another era, she would have been considered a spinster. No husband, no kids. But her home teemed with dogs, sisters, nieces, nephews, and her life partner, a gay man, who would pass summer nights reading books in bed beside her, wearing matching reading glasses. I'm Heather Cullimore, Sheila's older sister. I'm Jessica Cullimore, and I'm Sheila's niece, the oldest of her nieces and nephews. My name is Andy Schultz, and Sheila Gordon and I were best friends. It all flowed through Sheila, strangely enough. I don't think we really realized that while we had her, she was the interpreter. She made sure everybody understood each other's feelings. She loved with a power that I can't even compare. It just, it was pretty unbelievable. I always thought I was lucky that she was my friend. You could put your heart on the table and you know that she'd never step on it because she took great pride and honor that you gave that to her. And I think that's what drew people to her. She was just a magnet for people. And and some of them really stuck. Yeah. And they're part <laughs> of the family now. Yeah. That happened everywhere we went. You'd have somebody that you'd never met, some teacher from Jersey or some young kid from the Caribbean sitting at our dinner table. It was just her spirit. If there was somebody in a room that nobody was talking to, she would talk to them and she would show an interest. And that's what made her special because she was just a regular person who had troubles but still shone a light and gave meaning to people. Sheila always just could touch people and make them feel, you know, that they were just as important as anyone else. Her relationships were as rich as the chocolate pudding pie she'd whipped together. She dashed off dozens of text messages and emails and Facebook postings a day, usually mistyping words in her rush to connect. Then, every afternoon, she'd soak for an hour in the bath while eating cut-up oranges and carrots and flipping the damp pages of a novel. But my sharpest impression of Sheila that day, as mourners in black pressed around me, was her breathtaking kindness. Most of the gifts, most of the kind things she did weren't for public viewing, they were, you know, sliding something into someone's pocket or a quiet uh, letter with a little something in it or left even at their front door. I think she had a, almost a sixth kind of sense for people that were kind of hurting. I was going through a tough time once and I had no money and I was in university and I was stressed out and overwhelmed and she left me a card with, I think, maybe $150 in it. And I knew she had no money at that time. So it wasn't coming from a place of, well, I have something to give, so I'm going to give it. It was like, well, here's a part of what I have so I can share it with you to make your life a little bit easier. And that presence 
myself and my siblings all kind of say she wasn't an aunt. The things that we got from her were way beyond, way beyond, and that's why we kind of say she was more like, <laughs> like a mother. Always bought a lottery ticket. She didn't buy hundreds, she bought one for each lottery. And she would sit there and make lists of who needed money, how much their mortgage was, and how she would divide it all up. <laughs> so she had a plan, and, and she was so disappointed each time she didn't win, not because she really wanted the money, but she wanted to spread that out and get everybody taken care of. And going back uh, when the kids were quite young, she won the lottery. But she won the lottery quite small. She was so excited. She actually took that money and split it all up the way she, same way she would have for a million dollars. Sheila made people around her feel not just loved, but coveted. That was the golden thread that stitched together the ordinary seams of her life. Sitting in the fourth row at her funeral, I could see myself in Sheila. She lived a small life, as most of us do. Her struggles were intimate, but the world she carefully assembled was rich and meaningful in ways that she never grasped. That way of living is such a valuable lesson not to be sort of saccharine and sweet, like, oh, you know, be a good deed-doer and give to charity, but pay attention to the people around you uh, that they are right close to you and love them and care for them and pay attention. The person that you're looking at sitting beside you in a restaurant or on a bus or on a street corner, they all mean something to somebody. I also really wondered about what, what a life is worth because, you know, here we were, this huge team of journalists examining this one ordinary life. And you know, she wasn't Nelson Mandela. She didn't free a country. She wasn't someone who had affected massive change. But in her own way, she, she really did intimately affect so many people. She taught me a different way of living, I guess, and in noticing the hours in the day and filling them with more kindness and not necessarily looking at life as a means to an end and thinking about the importance of your life and the end goals of what you achieve, which is usually what we fill our obituaries with, but with the little acts that you do each day and how they can affect others and how important that is. Kind World is produced by WBUR Boston. If a kind act, large or small, has affected your life in a profound way, we want to hear about it. Share your story by visiting wbur.org slash kindworld.